So we're just taking this few weeks to explore some incredibly fundamental ways in which you and I have been made, literally built. And I think it's important to, when we look at these things that are wired into our DNA, I think it's important to look at it. One, because if we don't address the things that are hardwired into our DNA, if we don't do that, then we end, out, end up missing out on what God has for us. If we don't take a moment to say, what are the fundamental ways in which you have created and crafted us to be? If we don't take time to press into that, then we end up missing out on uh, the life that God has to release over us and understanding what God has to say about it. So we want to take some time to get into and dig down deep into these fundamental ways in which God has made us. But maybe more importantly than that, the reason that we dive into a few of these issues, these, these hardwired things in our DNA is because Jesus spoke to these things all the time. He cared so much about them. He cared so much about these ways in which we were created and crafted, these things that have been set inside of us. And he spoke to it all the time. I absolutely love, there's a text in, in all three of the synoptic gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All three of these gospels record this account where Jesus is walking. There's crowds everywhere. And this, uh, what they call blind beggar, he comes and he, he obviously can't see and he's screaming out and crying out for Jesus to see him and to know him. And the people are telling him to be quiet, which means this. He's been doing, he's been begging and screaming and sitting at the, the, the town court. He's literally, as, as Jesus is coming into Jericho, he's sitting right outside the gate and he's been doing this for a long time and he's annoying people. And people are annoyed by him, his constant need and begging and looking. He has... No capacity because he can't see. No capacity for life because he can't see. And Jesus says, no, 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 wait. He says, come here. He calls him in. And now I love this question. I could literally have a full-on cry over it. I've been emotional over the last month. I know God's messing me up. So it's just God's doing some stuff in me. So if I just cry, it's weird, but it's okay. All right. But I, I love that he just comes and he's like, what do you want? What an unbelievable question. What a cool question for Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What is this God? That he would come and ask this question. What do you want me to do for you? It might seem pretty clear. He's going, God, I can't see. But I just love that he asked the question. You're just pulling on the heart. Just, I want to know what's going on. What a powerful question. I don't know if you've ever even thought, and this is like totally a side sermon. It could actually be a full sermon, but I don't know if you've ever thought or even have a relationship with God where you could come and let him, not you come and ask him questions. God, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? How do I fix this situation? What do I do? We do that all the time. Have you ever come before the Lord and just let him ask you, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, what a cool God. What an amazing God. So I love that Jesus does this because he says, I care about the things that are in you. I care about the hurts. I care about the disappointments. I care about the victories. I care about the things that you celebrate. I care about all these things in you. 
All the things that frustrate you, all the things that you get excited about. Care about these things, care about these things that are inside of you. And so I think it's just worth taking a few weeks to explore some of these things that are in us. And what we're going to discover, and I'll just ruin the whole message for you, just get this out of the way, because here's what we're going to find, some way that we've been wired. Here's what we're going to say. We need each other. We were made to need each other. Made to need each other. It is fundamental in our DNA. And I'll just say in a culture that is increasingly moving towards individuality, right? certainly with the advent of these little devices, the electronic devices that we get to carry, you can actually be in a place and not be present. We've all felt that. We've seen it. I've seen it more and more. You sit in people sitting in restaurants and they're not actually, they're literally with someone else, but they're on the phone. So you can, and the idea is that because you're being connected to something somewhere else, but not present in the moment. And, and you know, we get to, we've seen that and experienced that with, there's so many great things about technology, right? And the ability to be connected with people around the world and to hear all incredible and great things that are happening all over the place. But then some of it's just like, I'm just never actually present. I'm just constantly thinking about what else is going on around. And what happens is, is we're living more and more individualistic. And then we got a big spoonful of individualism with the pandemic. And what we all figured out very, very quickly is no one wants to be alone. Nobody. I don't know anyone. I've never met it. The craziest introvert in the world doesn't want to be alone. No one wants to be alone. And I just want to look into why we feel that way and what God has to say about that. Because I think we're going to find it something hardwired and just, and there's a way to experience life because of this need that we have. In Genesis chapter, I said Genesis chapter two, I'm just going to jump back a page uh, in your Bible. In Genesis chapter one and verse 26 says, God said this, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So you and I are uniquely crafted in the image of God. We are literally wired in the way of the creator, the creation, and we're unique. There is nothing else. As sweet as your dog is, not made in God's image, all right? As much as you love your cat, all right? And I love our cat. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm just gonna confess, I love my cat. I love the cat, the family. It's not even my cat, it's my daughter's cat, but it's an outdoor cat, so maybe that's why we have a good relationship, but otherwise, I'm cool. But our, that cat, Blue, not made in God's image, but you are. You and I carry something really powerful and special, but what is it? What are those things? I love this. Genesis 2, after he fashions Adam literally out of the dirt, he fashions him. He says, the Lord God said, Genesis 2, 18, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And what we have here is God looking at his creation, those that are literally made in his image, and he says something really radical. This is not good. First moment after creation where he looks at something and says, this is not good. It's not good that this man would be alone. But what I want to just lean into here this morning is this, this clear understanding that God gives. It's not okay. It's not good for a man to be alone. This happens well before, well before 
sin enters into the human equation. Sin happens Genesis chapter three. We're in Genesis chapter two. Sin, chaos, destruction, messiness, evil, all that stuff. None of that has entered into the equation. God's looking at this and saying, I want you to understand you and I were made to need each other. Need doesn't come out of our brokenness. Hear this. Need doesn't come from our brokenness. Need comes because we've been hardwired to be in relationship with each other. It's not from our lack. It's from a hardwiring internally. And so what he does in this first picture of relationship in Genesis 2, 24, it says a man is going to leave his father and mother. He's going to hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And for the first time, we get a picture of what God is like in that God is one yet multiple, three, father, son, spirit. We get this incredible covenant that God creates where there are two people that come together and the two people coming together are one. And it's this weird thing. How can two be one? It's the same thing as how can three be one? But what God's giving is this picture of uh, completeness together in relationship. That inherent with this, in, inside of this truth, this reality is part of what it means to be human. Part of what it means to be made in the image of God is to be made to need real relationship in this life. Meaning God was there. Adam had God alone. Hear this. It was just Adam and God. He could have been just okay. He had it all. There's no sin, no nothing. God's there. It's just Adam and God feels like, man, Let's just keep doing this thing. God goes, no, no, you need to know. You're made in my image. You need to know something. I've eternally existed in community. You understand this? God has eternally existed in relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's always happened. It's always been. And I want you to taste this. And so he creates these relationships. And we'll, of course, we see from Scripture, one, that this picture of man and woman, this is the first picture of what it means to walk in need for, with relationship with each other. But listen, it's not the end all. It's not the only one. It, it, there's so much more. And what we're going to explore just a little bit, just for a few moments, is the ways in which God is speaking to us and calling us into real and authentic relationship, which is great because we get to say this, which is, by the way, just good news, because if you're not married, you don't have to be married in order to experience fullness, okay? Just Jesus wasn't married, okay? So he's just saying this is one picture, this first picture of being connected, united together in order to create something full of life and goodness. But there are other relationships, and we'll literally get pictures all throughout Scripture. We're going to go over a few of them. There's one in 1 Corinthians 12. We'll talk about a little bit more next Sunday where Paul says we're so meant to be connected with each other. It's like we're one body and we all get to play different parts, but we're all in need of each other. That's how hardwired this thing called real relationship is into the human framework and how important this is to God. And hear this, so important to full living in our lives. So important to weigh ways that God has made us. So we get to see this. Now, can we just acknowledge, let's just be, take the moment to acknowledge 
And as I've mentioned, nobody wants to be alone, right? Now, listen, we all appreciate moments of solitude. Can I get an amen from the introverts in the house? Amen. Just so thank you. Jesus needed that. Okay, right? We appreciate solitude. In fact, Jesus was an incredible model of just doing real relationship with people and then also pulling away for solitude just to be with the Father. So this is incredible. But hear this. The concept of solitude exists because on the regular, you and I live in real relationship. We're meant to. Healthy, thriving human beings, hear this, need each other. Not the messy, broken ones, you need some help. Healthy, thriving people made in God's image need relationship. To which we could all say, let's just be honest, we could all say, why? Because just wouldn't it be easier and safer if we didn't have to do relationship? I mean, come on. If we, yeah, right, huh? We've all been there, right? Amen. It would just be easier. We all discovered this like 4.4 seconds after getting married, right? It was like, this sounds like a great idea. Take two really radical sinners, slam them together and go, yeah, let's figure this out, right? It'd just be so much easier if we could just isolate and be alone and just do our thing. And in fact, I actually kind of think that our culture is constantly saying, you just keep doing your own thing. And God's going, men, I've wired you for so much more. I've actually wired you for full living. But it's going to take other people. And it might be, hear this, it might be easier and it might be safer to not do real relationship, but it'll be miserable and you won't find full living. You can do it that way. In fact, I think many people try to do it that way. And God wants us just to know through the word that, listen, relationship is meant so much for calling us up into a place of really living and functioning and walking with him and with each other. Here's... So I'm just going to have a couple of few scriptures where God's highlighting this thing and saying, this is so critically important for your life and for my life. John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus looks straight into the eyes of his disciples and it says, listen, a new commandment I give, new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Meaning, one of the most significant marks on whether or not you and I are followers of Jesus is how we care for and walk in and love and bless each other in real relationship. This is how you're going to be recognized. And I think this is amazing that Jesus would say this. Because it feels like uh, if I were Jesus, which is good news that I'm not. But if I were, I'd be like, here's how they're going to know you're my disciples. You're going to walk in power demonstrations. You're going to walk all over and you're going to have huge ministries and you're going to just, you're going to kill it. You're going to do awesome things. And my followers will be known by doing amazing things. 
and they'll heal uh, the sick and cleanse lepers and cast out demons. That's how they'll know that you're my disciples. That seems like a way easier way to distinguish the in from the out. And Jesus doesn't say that. And but for, for the record, I want us to ask God to heal the sick and cleanse the leper. Not that we have leprosy, but cleanse the COVID or whatever it is, cleanse the something. And, uh, and, and we want to cast out demons. Listen, I want to be a community that does that. And I love that. I want to pray for that and ask that. But hear this. What Jesus says is, if, you want, if people are going to know that they're followers of me, is going to be by how you do real relationship and life with each other. We love each other. How you open your heart up to love and to be loved. This is what's going to be significant or signifying of my, my people. And I just love what he says. So here's what I'm asking. Here's what I'm calling you to. I just want you to love others. No big deal. The way I have loved you. That's it. I just love that God's always calling us up. You're like, well, I, I think I guess I can go to the Bible study, I guess. And Jesus is going, hey, dude, there's more than that. You're not just going to the Bible study. You're not just part to be a part of the group. You're coming to be loved and to love the way that I have loved you. That's what we're trying to do here. And I love this. So the question is this. How did Jesus actually love his disciples? How did he do it? Well, the best picture we have is Jesus pulled a few guys together and said, I just want you to walk with me. And he lived some life with them. He ate meals with them, sat down with them. And more than anything, he just began to call them up and just to speak life over them and say, oh man, Matthew, God, dude, there's so much more in you than what you're doing. Peter, there's so much more. I just would love to be a community of people who love like Jesus loved. Just say, I'm willing to walk in relationship with you. And by the way, I just see so much on your life. This is what Jesus did. Just calling these guys up, walking with them and just say, being able to say, listen, hey, you've got a safe place to belong and to grow. You got a safe place to belong and to grow. That's what Jesus said when he called them in. First Thessalonians chapter four, um, Holy Spirit just is continuing on this picture. He says, now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God, hear this, to love one another. This is fundamental. He's like, you don't need, a, you don't need an apostle writing this down. This is so fundamental from the heart of God. We've got to love each other. For that indeed is what you are doing all, to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Now look at this. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. You just want to, it's what the encouragement from the Holy Spirit is. You're doing it, but let's just keep doing it more and more bringing people into this family and giving them a place to belong, to be known. And so how do we do that? Well, we'll unpack over the next few weeks more ways that we get to do that. But 
what we get to see here from these scriptures is, listen, you can't love people that you don't know and you don't do life with. Meaning this, in order to love each other, we actually just have to get into each other's lives. And I think if you and I were reading scripture for, at just face value and not trying to make it say more than it does or less than it does, if we just came to the scripture, that you and I would see there is so, so, so much more to this life in Christ than showing up once in a while on a Sunday morning to sing some songs and hear the preacher preach. It has to be more than that. It has to be. This faith we live is so much bigger. Now, I love what we do Sunday mornings. All right? We have amazing worship. The preaching is stellar. All right? <laughs> good. I'm so thankful to do that. But church, that is not the totality of what God has for us in this life. There's more. More to receive and more to give away. God creating a place for us to belong and to grow, to be in real relationship. Inherently inside of this command to love each other, so this call to step out and to walk in real, authentic relationships. Can't do this life alone. From Adam until now. Can't do this life alone. But to step into real relationship where we get into the things of each other's lives. And so what do I mean, what do I mean by real relationship? And I'm just going to finish up with this. What do I mean by real relationship? Uh, number one, real relationship just takes some intentionality and effort. And uh, if you've had friendships, marriage, kids, here's what you have discovered. We've all discovered with clarity. Real relationships take intentionality and effort. They just do. They always do. They actually take us going, there's another step that I feel called into. Hebrews says this in verse, uh, in, in, in verse 24, it says, what do, you don't even know what verse that is. Hebrews 10, that's good. 24, I didn't write that down in my notes. Let us consider, hear this, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Man, consider this, meaning you've got a part in this. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the day more as you see the day drawing near. By the way, we're just one day closer to Jesus being here for clarity. I'm not, not prophesying it's like 2028 or any of that stuff. I'm just saying we're one day closer. The day's drawing near. And I love this scripture because, and by the way, this scripture is often used by a lot of preachers to guilt you into coming and showing up on Sunday. Don't neglect coming together. And so you better show up on Sunday. I'm telling you what this, this, that's so much, this scripture is so much bigger. He's saying, don't miss this moment to stir each other up. He's talking about real relationships. And again, I thank God for coming here together, but there's something so much more than that. I want real relationship. I want you stirring me up and I want to stir you up. And I want to do that in real ways. And I'm certainly, it can't be the only guys on the platform are the ones doing that. It can't be that way. We're meant to do this life together. Real relationships take risk. Risk. 
To be known and to know just takes some risk. And when you put yourself out there to be known, it's an open opportunity to be rejected or to be hurt or to feel sadness. And none of the, when I talk about hurt, rejection, sadness, nobody wants to feel that. Nobody wants to experience that. So often the way that we fix that is we just don't make the effort. We just don't make the effort. My guess is a good chunk of you have been hurt by people in the church because you maybe tried to go there with some people and it didn't work very well. To which I would just say, I'm so sorry. That's what the father would go. I see that. That's, that's hard when you feel hurt by people in the church. So the easy thing to do is go, let's just isolate, right? Or you go, listen, if I were to be in real relationship with people, people would find out that like, I don't have my life all together. Or they're going to find out that I don't have a perfect marriage, which, to which I would say, welcome to the club, right? <laughs> Literally, I've been in ministry 22, full-time ministry 22 plus years, have yet to meet any married couple that's like, oh, we've got it all together. Haven't, including, including my own. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. So we could just, instead of pretending that we have it all together, come into a relationship with each other and stir each other up for what God has. We could do that. Jesus is just gonna say this all throughout the scripture. Just get in there, get in the mix, and I'll cover and carry your heart, if you'll be honest and real with me. Galatians chapter six, just bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love each other. So we just bear each other's burdens. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Man, what a powerful picture. The full gamut. What what God is saying is the full gamut, the full range of feelings and emotions are wrapped up in this thing called relationship. But how many of you have ever done something awesome and you had friends that were like jumping and skipping and celebrating with you? How much better was it? How much better is it when somebody's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Your amazing thing is amazing to me. And you're like, yeah, this thing is better. But how many of you have been in a really, really, really hard time? And someone came along to be with you in the middle of your hard time. Wasn't it better? It's better. It's risky. It's risky to put yourself out there. It's risky to make an intentional effort to show up, to come, to be a part, to open yourself up. It's risky and it feels like it would just be easier to not do that thing because I don't want to have to let people see my messiness. And God's just saying, it's just better when we do this. It's what the Lord has for each one of us. Real relationships lead to a real full life. Full life. Not one devoid of the lows so that we can self-protect a full life, all the ups and downs together, lived out. And hear this. Isn't that what Jesus came exactly to do? Full life, the whole gamut. John 10, 10. There's a thief that comes 
and he wants to steal and kill and destroy. But what does Jesus say? But I came that you would have life and life to the full. The whole gamut, all of it. I, I don't think that Jesus, when he said life to the full, meant I'm gonna give you life to the full so you'll never, ever, ever be disappointed again or never be hurt or never be sad or never be angry. I don't believe he actually, I think he was saying, I want you to have the full spectrum of life and walk with me through it. And I'll give you gift after gift after gift in the middle of it. That's how we experience the fullness of life. There's an author, his name's Dr. Chip Dodd, who's become a mentor, he's a counselor to me personally. And uh, he says this all the time when we're meeting. He says, uh, he says you, you and I are emotional and spirit, um, you and I are emotional and spiritual beings first and foremost that also happen to think. We are emotional and spiritual beings who also happen to think. And I, when he first said that to me, I was like, huh? Are you just saying excuse your brain away? And he's like, no, no. It's awesome you got a brain, but think about how you and I experience life. Uh, when I go to my daughter's basketball games, she scores a bucket. I don't think, well, that was a well-crafted move that you did there. I see what you, the X's and the O's, good. Not, I, I'm not thinking cerebrally. Oh, when life's happening, my daughter scores a back and I'm like, yeah! Huh. You ask my wife, I'm a little embarrassing sometimes, right? I feel it. I feel it. We're, we're emotional and spiritual beings. God's made us this way because we were made in his image. He's asking us to experience the full range of life to not push anything back, but to say, God, hands open, not here, here. This is, we constantly do this in this church. We should just be handsopenchurch.com. I don't know, whatever, but just like, just not here, here. Because in this position, guess what we get to do with each other and with God? We get to give away and we get to receive. This is where full life is experienced. It's what God has for us. We're built for full life. And so here's my question. Who are you surrounding yourself with that's gonna help you grow and thrive? Who's around you helping you grow and thrive in this life in Christ? Who are you around that's calling you up towards God's best. And I just add to that, who are you around that you can speak God's best over them? Who's present in the here and now? Not, and I, listen, I love your mama in Kansas. She's a sweetheart and it's, she's special and she can speak all the words. But who's present in the here and now? I got encouragers over the phone. Who's present in the here and now? Day to day to help bring life. This is why we're doing this. You can come. We're going to finish. We got a couple minutes left. 
This is why we're doing this. Put this on your seat to bother you and to say, we have to do real life with each other. I want you to grab it. I want you to grab it because I think you need to be a part of one of these. If you're joining us online, you can get all this same information. Every ounce of this information is on our website. But in a very practical way, it sounds, it preaches amazing to say, let's live real life with each other, to love one another as the scripture encourages us over and over. It's a different thing to take a step intentionally and say, I'm going to be a part of something together. We got to highlight our, our two study groups this morning. I love what they said. Listen, we're going to study the word, but we're going to do relationship. <laughs> Both of them. That's what they're saying. And that's how the Joneses are wired because they got the life of God in them. But we got some amazing other groups that you can be a part of. Those nights don't work for you. We have other things. But listen, we don't do this because uh, we get, I, I, get, I get like a bonus. I get, if I hit the quota of getting people into groups, I get a bonus, which is just, thank God the church isn't wired like that, right? We do this because we just want to do real relationship. And our groups exist for us to belong and grow. The same thing that Jesus did, that's what we want to do. Belong and grow. And we want to be known. And no one's under the illusion that everyone, that anyone has it all figured out. So let's take all of our, we don't have it all figured out, come together and bless each other and speak life over each other and encourage each other. That's what I want to do. I want to be a part of. That's what I want our church. This church is meant to be about. And so we have amazing Sundays. Let's keep hanging out here. But listen, let's take another step and do real relationship, real life. And so we're here for it. All the groups, there's all the contact information is on the back. If you're not even sure, just literally give us your info. You can drop it in the black box and just say, hey, help me find a group. I'm not sure which group to be in. Maybe I'm new to the church. Either way, help me. We're gonna do life together. Now, here's the good news, by the way. You want a good news? At New River Fellowship, we only go one semester at a time. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I I have to find my best friends for the next 30 years. Good, Good news. Pressure's off. Here's what we're asking. Who you want to run with for the next three or four months? Three or four months. Then we're going to get to Christmas. Nobody's going to bug you. You have all the introvert time in the world with Santa Claus and whoever else, okay? All right? All right. We're just going to do life for a semester together. Speak words of life and encouragement. Bless. Say, pray for me. I'm wrestling with this thing. How can I pray for you? God, come and heal our lives, our hearts, our emotions, our bodies. Let's pray for each other. Let's know your word better. Let's do this together. All right, that's my pitch. You guys pray. Y'all stand with me. We're going to pray. Just be done. It's time to be done. So Father, we just want to come and say this. Thank you, Lord, for making us in your image. Thank you for creating us in your image. Thank you for wiring us with a DNA that needs to walk in relationship just like you, Father, Son, and Spirit. Eternally, gloriously in relationship. And then you made us to be in relationship with you and to be in relationship with each other. It's not good for us to be alone. And we thank you, God, for our husbands and wives, and we thank you, God, for children, but we thank you, God, for this family that you're building. Would you make us more a part? Make us more a part of your family. 
Help us to belong and grow, God. How can we grow? Would you lead us? Would you just ask the Lord, Lord, would you just begin to bring healthy relationships into my life and help me be a blessing to the people around me? Would you do this? Lord, would you show us? We thank you, Lord, that you care for us this way. We love you and we bless you. We honor you. Would you lead us faithfully? Would you bless us and keep us today? Would you make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us? Father, would you lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace? In the name of Jesus, who is the Savior.